Welcome back, radio entrepreneurs, listeners, and fans. I'm producer Nathan Gobes. Excited to be back here with you, and I'm excited to introduce a new guest, Mickey Fain, president and CEO of Stoneside Blinds and Shades. Welcome, Mickey. Thank you very much. I'm excited to uh, have the opportunity to participate this morning. Great. Well, why don't you start by telling us a bit about Stoneside? Uh, okay, Stoneside Blinds and Shades. We are a company that sells direct to consumers uh, across the U.S., uh, in particular in 13 major markets across the U.S. Uh, the company is about uh, 13 years old, and uh, we've grown uh, fairly rapidly since we were formed. The thing that we focus on is there are companies out there that focus on what is called the do-it-yourself market, and there are companies like Blinds.com, Select Blinds, for, comp- for people that want to measure their windows themselves, figure out what they want, uh, order it, and install it. When we started, we decided that we saw that there was a big need for people that didn't want to do it themselves and uh, wanted some help. Uh, And there were a lot of what I'd call mom and pop companies out there that did that. Uh, But we saw an opportunity to bring technology to bear, uh, utilize the Internet, um, uh, just uh, new marketing uh, techniques and kind of blend the different blend. a, an e-commerce company with a local mom and pop. And so we um, um, started Stoneside with that in mind, where we have local designers and installers in each market that go to our customers' homes and help them figure out what they need, come back and install everything. That is interesting because uh, I think just not just that your industry in particular, but uh, across the board, many industries are shifting towards that do-it-yourself you know, uh, cut some corners and let the let the people figure it out themselves. You know, we'll just ship it to them, and and then and then that's it. Uh, but it's good to hear that um, you guys are providing the help that that many people need. Well, and that's what you know. When we started, like I said, there were already a lot of companies uh, uh, selling blinds and shades and draperies and stuff like that online. Um, and frankly, I didn't want to go compete with them. They were already doing it. And, but, but there wasn't anybody doing what we were doing in the way that we were looking at doing. So I, that's, that's one of my big um, beliefs is uh, figure out a niche, figure out a strategy, figure out where somebody's not serving the market like it needs to be served and go do that. So that's where we started in the first place. And that's, that's a huge, 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 it's multi-billions of dollars are spent in that area. So that's why we decided to go after it. Very interesting. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and what uh, brought you to start uh, this company. Uh, I, um, you know, I started out as an electrical engineer a long time ago and uh, knew I wanted to start a company and went back and got an MBA to learn more about that and then started my first business about six months after I uh, got out of grad school. And uh, something I uh, decided or learned along the way was don't go after all the sexy stuff, go after the businesses that uh, maybe aren't utilizing that much technology that are, that are, have a lot of people in the channel that are doing it the old way and identify opportunities to bring technology to bear, bring new uh, marketing strategies to bear to uh, make a big difference. Don't, don't compete with all the smart guys, uh, compete with industries where they haven't, um, I don't know, uh, come into the future or come into the current. 
So uh, Stoneside is my third startup. And I met a guy 20 years ago in the window covering business. He'd been in it. His dad had started it and he'd been in it for 30 years running this uh, company and they had steadily grown. But it was clear to me that, boy, there was not a lot of technology in the in the industry and there were a lot of people in the channel. So uh, we started looking at, well, how could we um, uh, if we were going to do it from scratch and do it new using new technologies, take advantage of the Internet? How would we do that? So 13 years ago, we started. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm as uh, as you were saying. I'm sure there were a lot of uh, you know small local mom and pop stores that were doing this, and then there was the big guys that were selling online, but they were selling you know just the the kit in a box. And, yes. Uh, so there was not really anything in between before you guys stepped in. Yes, there, there were there were some companies doing some aspects of it, but not nearly really focusing on saying how do we really leverage the internet and at the same time provide that. Uh, kind of white glove service, uh, do it for me. Very nice. And now you mentioned you're in 13 markets, uh, uh, but also, you know, technically across the country. Is there, where do, uh, where do things go from here? Is there, uh, you know, maybe looking at more markets or? Uh, we, we've already identified the next 13 uh, markets to go in and have a plan over the next 24 months to enter those markets. Um, you know, we started out, Denver is where our headquarters is. That was our very first. And then we, we knew somebody in Portland and we opened up one in Portland. And then it slowly grew from there. We've got a bunch of locations on the West Coast, but we're also on the Northeast and Southeast and in, in Texas and Colorado, Illinois. We're, we're in most of the major, uh, the largest cities right now, with the exception of New York. And now we're starting to go back and fill in some of the, uh, the second tier cities like Las Vegas, Phoenix, um, uh, Austin, uh, Orlando. I say second tier. The people that live there won't be excited about me calling them second tier. But as far <laughs> as size goes, right, uh, stepping down from the LA and San Francisco to the next next level. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so that's a phenomenal amount of growth and the amount of time that you guys have been around. Um, you know, I want to ask mostly for the benefit of uh, any entrepreneurs that are uh, watching and listening. Uh, what sort of, um, you know, uh, issues or, or things did you have to overcome throughout that, all this time of growth? Um, a ton. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, having done this three times now, I always tell myself, Mickey, remember, it's going to be a lot harder than you think. So I thought I was pretty, uh, I don't know, ahead of the game in starting the third one. And it was still... Uh, three times harder than we thought. I always say that nobody would ever start a company if they knew how hard it was going to be. Uh, it's naivete that, that allows new businesses to get started. Uh, but to answer your question, you know, we started out really thinking, um, let's create this platform and we'll hire uh, contractors for designers and contractors for installers in those markets instead of having employees. That was the way a lot of the world was going the way that, uh, you know, Uber uh, yeah. and um, DoorDash and, and those kind of companies are, have certainly gone. And so we were following suit. What we quickly realized that um, if we wanted and, and we got clear that one of our big differentiators had to be delivering a really five star experience, um, uh, top notch experience. There were other people doing things, but they weren't. Um, they weren't getting great reviews. So we said, there's an opportunity there to lead the pack. Well, when we started hiring designers and contractors, we quickly figured out that those designers and contractors 
really weren't part of our team. They were just getting a job. And as soon as somebody else came along uh, with, well, I got a different project for you this week, they would drop our project and do their project. And, and if we wanted them to do it in a certain way or a certain manner or follow our process, uh, they really weren't that interested in our process. They were interested in how they wanted to do it. So we, you know, we spent years or several years building up a workforce of designers and installers that were contractors only to realize, well, wrong move, start over. And uh, we initially uh, literally had to replace every one of our designers in our markets with employees. And we did that first and we went back and replaced every one of our installers with employees. And only one person out of all of that group, there was one installer that decided to go to work for us as an employee. He's been amazing, but everybody else. So it was a total turnover of, you know, most of our, our workforce. Um, you know, that's probably the biggest, um, well, there was, uh, that's the biggest pivot, but I can just think of another one. We also started out um, manufacturing everything we, we did in-house. And what we started running into problems, growing our manufacturing capacity as fast as we were growing our ability to, to sell it. And we decided if we could go find um, people that focused on manufacturing, that but that was really their expertise, and we could give them the specifications and requirements to do that, we'd be better off focusing on really taking care of the customer on the front end. So now we have several manufacturing partners that manufacture our products uh, to our specifications and provide them to us that do, frankly, an even better job than we do because it's their specialty. So those were, both of those were just huge Oh my God, let's start over. <laughs> uh, and that's advice I'd give any, anybody starting out. Um, if you don't pivot two or three times before you cross the finish line or you know, become successful, um, you're luckier than most. So plan on lots of pivots. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, another common thread between the two is that, uh, again, just like you said on how you, why you started the business, you were finding your niche. You know, and like you said, your niche is that is that five star customer experience. And uh, the first first version, you know, the uh, the Uber DoorDash method uh, model may work when you're uh, you know dropping takeout at the front door, right. but it doesn't doesn't work when you're uh, installing equipment in people's homes. Um, and you know, same with the uh, with the manufacturing. You know, that that was one piece of it that uh, you know is not part of the primary niche that you guys are filling. Yeah, that in and out. I'm a. That's another thing I'm. I don't know. A big believer in is uh, really get clear on what that niche is. What where's the um, market that's not being served? And what I always say that um, to be successful in business, you've got to be the world's best in what you do. And and uh, you know, and I, and I say if you're going to open a pizza restaurant, uh, you may not. Have, you don't have to be the world's best in. Italy or Chicago, but if I'm in Denver uh, and I'm serving pizza to my community, I better be the the best in that community. Or if it's deep dish pizza, I'm going to be the world's best deep dish pizza in that community. So get clear on what it is you're going to be really the best in the world is because nobody really wants to go to the second best pizza place. Uh, They want (laughs) to go to the best and, and focus everything on that. So that was really what kept causing us to make these changes is we got clear up front that the opportunity was be the world's best. And it was leading in customer service, leading in customer satisfaction. And then that had us keep making decisions about, well, what do we need to do to do that? And that caused us to 
move from hiring contractors to hiring employees and training them and our culture and our beliefs, and ultimately to shift from being in the manufacturing business to contracting that out. But it was just getting really clear on what is that niche and how do we design the whole company around that? That makes sense. That's really interesting. Um, well, I want to thank you for, for joining our show today. This has uh, not only been um, a great look into Stoneside, but uh, also uh, hopefully some really great advice for the business owners and entrepreneurs that, uh, that follow us. Well, great, Nathan. I really enjoyed uh, being on the show. If anybody's looking for window coverings, we're at stoneside.com. Or if I can help you with something, don't feel free to reach out to me. Well, that kind of covers my uh, my usual question of how can listeners or viewers <laughs> get in touch with you, find out more. Uh, okay. So you said stoneside.com is the best place to go? Stoneside.com is the website, and I'm mickey.fane at stoneside.com. Great. I want to thank you again for joining us. Hopefully, maybe in the future, you'll come back and uh, talk to us about updates or uh, things coming down the pipeline in the market uh, or more advice since uh, we were able to get a lot of it in just this short segment. I'm happy to do that. Thank you, Nathan. And I want to remind our listeners, we're all over the internet on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, many different sites. And of course, RadioEntrepreneurs.com. Please uh, feel free to follow or subscribe to us on, all, on any of the channels that you're interested in as we continue to promote content. We'll be back with more Radio Entrepreneurs after this break. <laughs>